Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. Should they hire Jim Harbaugh? Who's going to win today in the playoffs? Where are the Vikings at? All those questions will be answered in the next segment. Mm-hmm. Mike, Max, Pete, and Jerry. And we bring you into the program Vinny Serrato, <laughs> another football name who uh, uh, was with the University of Minnesota, Notre Dame with Lou Holtz, uh, Washington as a general manager with the Washington football team. But I got to start with this, Vinny. I, I, you're a little bit ahead of Pete, and you were on that staff uh, with Lou Holtz. What, what did you see? What were your first uh, recollections of a young Pete Nigerian when you met him? <laughs> Pete was super smart. I remember Pete being inside line, and and I, he led the team in tackles like every game. You know, <laughs> Pete had a nose for the ball. He, he did, man. And now he's got a nose for business. Pete, say hi to Vinny. Yes, I see him on TV all the time. Yes, <laughs> Vinny, it's so great that you're joining us, man. It really is impressive. And and what's really impressive is all you got to do is just look at your your resume and and where you started. And yeah, I was at the B early stages of an unbelievable career. But um, tell us a little bit about what it was like with Lou Holtz. And, and obviously you liked Lou because when, when he moved on to Notre Dame, you moved on to Notre Dame. But I'm curious, what was it like working with Lou early on when, when you were just a young guy getting started sort of in the world of sports or, well, in the world of coaching, I should say. Um, tell us a little bit about that. What was the experience like with Lou? Well, Pete, uh, it, was, it, was, it was fun. You know, I mean – he was a busy guy, and he was – you know how I got in kind of tight with Lou was he would always leave or, you know, wherever, and I was always the guy that drove him to the airport or picked him up, you know. So I got a chance, you know, to spend a lot of time with him talking and stuff. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, when when he made me the recruiting coordinator, I had the office right next to his, you know, and – who do you think would come into my office every day and, you know, want to sit down and wait for Lou? You know, if he, because if Lou was busy, he'd go in and see Chris. You're talking about Sid Hartman now, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sid would come in and have his tape recorder and, you know, a typical kid, hey, hey, a-hole, what are you doing, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I've heard that story repeated many, many times, Vinny, yeah. over the years. I, I got to ask you, Vinny, you, you, you ended up as a, as a GM with, with Washington and, and, and had a lot of experience in the NFL. What is Queasy Adolfo Mensa up against right now? What, is, when you're looking for a head coach in that key hire, 
Uh, there's a lot of landmines out there that you got to be careful of. And and uh, you know, before we even get to her, what is he up against in trying to hire the right head coach? How difficult is that? And what questions have to be asked to do it right? Well, the the biggest thing is, you know, you got to have somebody that you know you're comfortable with, the owner is comfortable with, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, especially if you don't know the guy, then you know, you got to do a lot of background and, and find out um, those types of things. But, you know, some of the biggest things that when you're hiring a guy, especially a guy that's a coordinator, who's his staff? Like, if he's an offensive guy, okay, who's running your defense? If it's a defensive guy, okay, who's running your offense? You know, those are extremely, you know, important pieces that you got to know about the guy. And then, you know, I always, you know, when I would be interviewing guys, you know, what, uh, you know, how do you handle your staff? How, how do you go about the off-season program? What do you do in-season program? How much do we practice? You know, all I had a hundred questions that I had for mm-hmm. for the coach. You know, all the time whenever we were interviewing guys. So, you know, I remember the one time we were interviewing a coach, and I said, it was me and Dan Snyder. I said, Dan, how, how am I supposed to ask this guy questions? It was Joe Gibbs. He says, Well, you got to have with everybody else, you know. And then Joe at the end. Joe, at the end, he said, I got one question for you. I said, go ahead, coach. He said, can you win with dumb guys? <laughs> and I said, maybe if you're playing man coverage corner or something like that. And he said, exactly. You cannot win with dumb guys, you know. And mm-hmm. that has always, always stuck with me. And that's with every sport, you know. And when you think about it, you know, it's like almost any profession. You can't win with dumb guys. <laughs> Vinny, I got a two-part question for you. Number one is you you and I not only know each other and, and know each other well, and, and, and I, I, I think the world of you and your career was unbelievable and, and so impressive. Um, what were your thoughts on Lewis Riddick, who I know – I think you two were working together with the Washington Redskins at the time. Um, Lewis, just an unbelievable player. He and I played together, and then he's moved on, and he's been a part of – organizations washington and philadelphia but so what do you think about lewis riddick and what were your thoughts there and also on top of that when i look at what you were, you and maxi were just talking about um chicago it's interesting to me that they went with a, a defensive coordinator from the colts to go as their head coach when they've got this young quarterback is that a big deal or should they have focused on offense or are you not worried about that as you, you just wanted to get the guy that you think fits best for that organization Pete, the big thing about you know what I heard about that interview was like Polian and one of the other there was like five people in the interview process, you know, and mm-hmm. Polian and I think one of the owners, they wanted Jim Caldwell, the other two wanted whoever uh, Quinn, and then mm-hmm. the GM said, okay, I'm taking this guy then, you know, so that that's kind of how it went. The biggest thing is mm-hmm. you need a leader of men, you know, because yeah. he's got to stand up in front. And I always wanted a guy, when he walked into the room, he had presence. You know, mm-hmm. you know, like when Pete, when Lou walked in the first time, I mean, oh, you boy. talk about presence, <laughs> you know, I mean, he had presence. <laughs> and, and, you know, I mean, you sit up in your chair. I mean, when he first walked into Notre Dame, you know, at the team meeting, there was guys slumped in their chairs, feet up on the table, hats on, and he straightened that out real quick. You know, and they go, oh, this is different than Jerry Faust. Yeah. You know? And back to Lewis, Lewis was – Lewis extremely smart, and he was an extremely mm-hmm. hard worker. You know, mm-hmm. he was a he was a Lewis was a good guy. Good, you know, he was he ran my pro department, and he did he did a very nice job. He's very thorough. You know, I, I remember one time 
and we were in a meeting. Chris Samuels, remember Chris Samuels, the tackle? Sure. And he'd had some neck issues and stuff too, and and his agent was kind of holding us hostage to extend his contract. So Dan was in a, a room with Eric Shaper, who was our cap guy, Lewis, and Scott Campbell, who was our college scouting director, and I wasn't in there. You know, and then he had me and Joe Gibbs come in, and he said, all right, what do you guys want to do? You know, extend Chris or let him go? And all those guys said, let him go, you know. So me and Joe said, no, we want to extend him. And Dan says, okay, I'm against that, but because you two want to, I'll do it. So then me and Joe are walking down the hall after, you know, and he grabs my arm. He said, hey, he said, if Chris gets hurt, we're both jumping off the cliff together. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you're up against. Well, Vinny, Vinny that takes you know. You talk about a pre- Jim Harbaugh. Where yeah. does he rank with you? If you're the Vikings, do you do you want him? And does, would he want the Vikings? Given that they've got this, you know, quarterback that's probably one more year, and I, I don't know how they're perceived by by a coach. Well, um, I tell you what, when because I do pregame for the Ravens, you know, here yeah. in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And I had Pete Bursich on, who you guys both yep. know, you know, and I recruited Pete. You know, we talked about the Vikings. I mean, that was a hell of a game. Here's the thing, uh, what I think about the Vikings. I mean, if you're Jim Harbaugh, all right, and you say Aaron Rodgers is going to leave, what better job? Mm. I mean, Chicago is rebuilding, you know, and they got cap problems. Detroit's rebuilding. And if Aaron Rodgers is gone, I mean, you've got the team to go win. You know, for the next couple mm-hmm. years, you got to fix the defense a little bit. But offensively, you got receivers. You know, Irv Smith Jr. is coming back, who I recruited his dad, Irv mm-hmm. Smith Jr. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, so you've got good pieces. And what does Harbs like to do? He likes to run the football. He wants to run <laughs> the ball, you know, and, and he'll throw it too with play action pass and stuff. So I, I think Harbaugh, and the thing is, is you know what he's going to be as a head coach. You know, he's had mm-hmm. success. So it's kind of a no-brainer, really, because the other guys, you don't know what they're going to be like as a head coach. Whereas Jim, he's already proven what he is. I mean, he's going to come in. He turned the Niners around that first year. So I I think Jim would be outstanding. I I don't know Jim that well. I mean, when I was at Notre Dame, he was the quarterback. And I know John real well, because I see John, you know, quite a bit. And I go to their practices and stuff. But I, I think Jim would be outstanding I, and you know you're the gm i mean if you're jim harbaugh and you're looking at the situation you you're hiring a gm that's basically an analytical guy so and you know him you know so mm-hmm. you come in and you kind of get to kind of run or the personnel because that's not you know his expertise so i mean to me it's a great situation you know, if you're Jim Harbaugh with the Vikings, it's better than the Bears situation because you don't know if Fields is going to be the guy or not be the guy. You know, with Cousins, you got a guy who had 37 touchdowns, nine picks, you know, last year. So you got to fix the defense a little bit. I mean, the defense wasn't very good, but I'm guessing that Jim Harbaugh would bring in Vic Fangio, who we had with him at San Fran and Stanford. So that would be that would be a big hire and a great – and. I think they were third in defense last year, Denver. So that would be a natural. You know, who would be the offensive coordinator? I don't know, um, you know, who he would get as the OC. But I I think uh, he would be good. I think he'd win right away. I I mean, just look at the Vikings last year within seven points. I mean, if they just won half of those games at the end, you know, they got 12 wins. Mm -hmm. 
That's the thing. I mean, well, they're close. Go ahead. They Pete. are. I, I, I totally agree with you, uh, Vinny. I, I really do. And as a matter of fact, you've got a guy right on the staff now that probably could be. I don't know if he's ever actually been an offense coordinator at the NFL level, but a guy like Kennedy Palomalo, who's the running back coach, and, 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 you know, they want to run the ball if it's Jim Harbaugh. I would think that he might actually be a pretty good fit for something like that. But here's the question that I've got for you, Vinny, that, that I'm always puzzled by. And, and so I'm looking at some of the recent hires so far in the NFL, and I, and I look at somebody like Denver, right? And, and, and Denver decided to go with Nathaniel Hackett, and I have no problem with that. But here's the, here's the one issue I have. So he's the Packers' offensive coordinator, right? So uh, he's going to be going to Denver. Is he a good coordinator, and how do we even assess if he is? Because literally, he's he's been coaching one of the greatest quarterbacks, you know, of our time, uh, in Aaron Rodgers, who oftentimes changes plays and changes calls and does this and does that. So, are we? Do we sometimes get too far in front of ourselves thinking it's the coordinator when it sometimes is somebody else, whether it's a player or or somebody else within the coaching staff? What what are your thoughts on that? Well, I'll, I'll say this, because when I was in San Fran, we won the Super Bowl in 94, and Mike Shanahan, to me, he was as good as they got. We had Steve Young, you know, and, and uh, we had, you know, other outstanding players, but that was all about Mike Shanahan. I mean, Mike was like the perfect leader for them, mm-hmm. you know. So when he went to Denver, look what he did after that. And then look at Kyle. Oh, I got another story for you. Like when I was in Washington, <laughs> me and Dan, we go to California to interview Mike. Mike came from Cabo. And, and Kyle was the – he was a GA at UCLA. So, you know, mm-hmm. he came over to see his dad, you know, and Dan says, you want to sit in the interview? So he sat there for like five or six hours with his dad right there while, you know, me and Dan interviewed Mike. So, huh. I mean, you know, that was Kyle's first uh, go-through. A <laughs> pretty good experience. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, Vinny, if you're if you're a betting man right now, would Harbaugh uh, and the Vikings and and you know the the one thing that the fly in the ointment to an extent to me is the Vikings have talked about not having someone that's got all the say over it, and they thought that that's where they went wrong with Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman that they were running it without you know having to reach out and talk to a lot of different people. Uh, I don't know if they'd go back on their word with a Harbaugh hiring, but but how do you how do you uh, make that work in an organization where you've just talked about we're going to be a collaborative effort? Well, to me, like when I, when I was in San Fran, to me it was the best situation, you know, because we had Carmen Policy who was the president, and Carmen was like handled the media, and took care of Eddie every day because Eddie was in Youngstown and we were in San Francisco. And then um, Dwight Clark was like the GM, but he didn't really want anything to do with personnel. So that was that was me. So, like, and everybody had their role, you know, and nobody tried to do anything. But And, like, when we would start draft process, I would meet, you know, with the coaches. Like, all the coaches would grade their players and – the offensive coaches, defensive coaches, they would do their – so it was all-inclusive. Then prior to the draft, we would sit there for a week. I'd go with the defense, and we'd sit in the room, and we'd go over every player, and we'd talk about every player, and we would rank them. And then I'd sit for a week with the offense and do the same thing. And so everybody knew. You know, like when we watch, you know, like all the scouts would have a grade. We'd have seven grades on the card. And then, like, at the end, we'd put a 49er grade on it. And that was, you know, what all the coaches and scouts, we all sat in a room together, and that was our grade. 
You know, so it was totally everybody involved. To me, that's the only way. And that's the same thing in Washington, you know. I mean, you've got to be friends with, you know, everybody's got to get along. And I think that was the problem, you know, because Trent Baalke worked for me. So I could have told him, you know, what was going to happen there, you know, because Trent wants to, you know, he's going to pick a side and he's going to, you know, play favorites and he used to change his grades depending on who he talked to and all that kind of stuff, you know. (laughs) So uh, it's got to be, everybody's got to be on the same page. And you know what the nice thing about it is, is like you've got, like when you bring in a new coach and you're the GM, you've got to bring in Jim Harbaugh and I would always have him sit down and talk to all the scouts. Okay, what are we looking for? For your offense and for your defense, what do we want? What is the ideal guy? You know, so and then you put all the qualifications down for the ideal guy because you know what? Then when the scouts are going out on the road, they know that this is what we're looking for. You know, because like when I was in San Francisco, we didn't. If, if there was a wide receiver that was under six foot tall we weren't interested so our scouts didn't have to bother we didn't rate those guys that high and an offensive lineman with bob mckittrick if they were over 300 pounds we weren't interested you know like i'd I'd be going to schools and and like i'd see a scout hey there's one of your kind of linemen over at such and such you know which was an athletic (laughs) undersized you know type guy so our our scouts knew and and here's the other thing is is i always liked veteran scouts when i took over in san francisco i was 30 and all my scouts were in their 60s you know and and here's the thing about i remember neil schmidt and neil was probably 65 at the time and he'd coached in college and he lived in tallahassee and he said the one day he said you know we were talking about william floyd who was the fullback and he and we're you know like doing our reports and and he says william floyd is the best fullback that i have ever seen best blocking fullback i ever saw you know and to me that meant a lot because you know how many fullbacks he's seen in his life? And if you have, I call them 25-25, 25-year-olds that make 25 grand, you know, that um, that are scouts. And then, Pete, just probably like the business world, you know, just think all the experience mm-hmm. that you've got. And the thing about it is, is like one day when that 25-year-old says, William Floyd's the best fullback I, I've ever seen. I said, yeah, okay. How many has he seen? Like two? You know, so that's why I like the – and the, the problem I had, like, in Washington was Dan didn't, wouldn't pay the scouts. That was the problem. So I had to hire younger guys because he wouldn't pay them. Where in San Fran, you know, they didn't – they just realized, you know, the importance of the scouts. Sure. Hey, hey Vinny, we got to let you go. We're up against it. Thank you so much. That was a really fun segment. We appreciate it very much. I hope we can do it again. All right, Pete, get, get that market squared away, would you please? Yeah. I, I'm working on it, Vinny. I'm working on it. <laughs> hey, anytime you guys need me, give me a call. Will do, Vinny really Serrano. If Harbaugh stuff. gets a job, we'll do it next week or a week after. You got it. All right. Uh, when we come good. back, some final thoughts from Pete Nigerian and who he likes in today's game. Stay with us. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.